0: Welcome to Coffee with the College, a podcast brought to you by the American College of Healthcare Executives' Wisconsin chapter. Our goal is for our listeners to find this podcast as relaxing as Coffee with Friends and just as comfortable as our guests and observers banter about questions that are on all of our minds. If you've listened to these podcasts before, you're familiar with the format. I'm your host, Janet Schultz. I'm Chief Information Officer at a human services company called MyPath. Our observer today is Madeline Bushman, who is an operations manager in the Mayo Clinic Health System, Department of Family Medicine. Today's topic is coaching. Specifically, we're going to explore some of the main areas of coaching, which our guest, an experienced executive coach, is seeing in his work with leaders. Our guest today is Tim McHugh, President and Founder of QUp Success. QUp Success is a consulting firm rooted in the belief that relationships, communication, and clarity of goals and expectations are keys to success. Welcome, Tim.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Madeline, would you like to say hello so our listeners get to know your voice as well? Oh, thank you so much for having me, Janet, again today.
0: So, Tim, to get us started, um, we'd love to hear a bit more about the focus areas of your coaching and also your teaching work, as you are also a teacher, and you can describe that to us as well.
1: Sure, I would love to. Um, So, first of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm excited to share any knowledge that I have. Um, So, a little bit about myself maybe first, as I spent The first or the last 25 plus years in healthcare, in leadership positions, and uh, spent over 10 years running medical practices, specialty practices, urology, orthopedics, oncology, that type of thing. Uh, Then got into the consulting arm of healthcare and with in terms of sales and operations, and I've done a lot of strategic planning and those types of things, which kind of led me to this part of my career now. Which is Q up success, which I founded, kind of the vehicle, if you will, of my passion and knowledge to share that with the world um, through workshops and classes and coaching and teaching. And so, for this podcast, when we talk about coaching, what I what I usually go with and are are coaching people on are there's a lot about careers. Maybe people are in kind of that junction of wondering. Do I want to move up the ladder? Do I want to take a different path in my career? All of those things kind of go through our heads. And coaches are a good way to kind of help process that information through for for some people. So I do a lot of career, uh, career planning, career recommendations, you know, listening, that type of thing. And then there's also the coaching that I do on an executive level, just kind of around results and coaching for success. Whether that's personal, professional success, a lot of times it's a little bit of blend of all of that. Someone's having maybe some just trouble getting to their goals, getting some clarity around what they want to do. And so, as a coach, a lot of what I do is is really just help take down those walls that we've put up individually that are preventing us from 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 our own successes. And I'm just helping people take down those walls and look at what's in front of them that they always knew that they could do and just get a better belief in themselves to do things. So I do a lot of the coaching. And then, uh, as you mentioned, I also, I also teach and do that in a variety of ways. I, I teach at the college and the school of leadership and, and teach some leadership skills and strategic leadership classes. And I also do just workshops all around for just basic things about how to, how to be successful. Maybe how to and all the way into you know like sales training, leadership development, and those types of things. So that's, that's kind of where I'm I'm coming from today for you.
0: Thanks for that flyover, Tim. And mm-hmm. I'll just say that um, Madeline and I work on the American College of Healthcare Executives um, chapter podcast committee, and it was a lot of mid-careerists on our committee that encouraged us to have coaching as a topic, because I think especially with how busy our lives and our careers get, um, people are looking for the fact that I'm not alone in asking some of the career questions that I'm facing, and they want to know how coaches can be those sounding boards and what are some of the key questions to ask. So, can we start our discussion today with you describing intentional leadership to us a bit so we can learn more?
1: Sure, that would be that's a fun topic actually yeah i love I love the word intention and I love the feeling and the subject of intention and so you know if I think about this, uh, what I usually do when i when I start a session, if it's a coaching session or like something like this, I say, let's define it so that we kind of know what's going. So if you look up the word intention. If You just Google it. Intention equals your goals or your purpose or your aim. So it's that, that thing that you want to get at. So if that's intention, then intentional, if you're being intentional, would be choosing to make decisions and taking action on what it's important to you or, or actions towards that purpose or towards that goal. So therefore, if we take that into what we call intentional leadership when I'm coaching leaders, I first say, well, what is leadership then, right? And leadership is actually a service that, that we spend a lot of time trying to get our ego away from. Ego separates us. So anything that you ever do in leadership that you feel like you're separating yourself and you're making yourself better or different than someone is usually your ego getting involved. And I would help that client by saying, let's bring it to service. Leadership is a service, right? So. The service to others that you're that you're leading, or to that organization. So, back to our original question. So then, let's put it all together. What's intentional leadership? Well, intentional leadership is the leadership in making decisions and taking actions in, in service to those that you are leading. So that's really what I mean by intentional leadership. So, um, so that's like the basic definition. Um, the real world piece of it is just my passion around relationships and communication and how I've seen and been a part of and instigated even where everyone has the same goal and yet there's conflict and there's disagreement and it becomes personal. And I always feel like if we all come to the table with the right intent, that those conflicts should become less personal. And more able, and we should be able to navigate those in a better way. So that that brings up that intentional leadership too is bring yourself to the table with the right intent on a consistent basis, day after day after day.
2: You know, as you describe intentional leadership, you know, as being that intent of moving towards that goal defined, um, and you also elaborated on how intentional leadership is a service to others, and you're separating yourself from the ego. So I want to connect, I would like you to connect the dots for us on how intentional leadership creates impact.
1: So intentional leadership, and then bringing that over to impact. So again, let's talk about impact for a second. So impact, if I'm a leader or a business owner or wherever I'm at in, in my life, impact is, is results, right? What happens based on the behavior that I have. That's your impact. Uh, you know, and the results could be a quarterly number that you're hitting or not hitting. It could be a culture that you are influencing negatively or positively, whatever that would be. So, so that's what impact is. So if I look at intentional leadership, which is what, what we talked about, coming to the table with that intention of making decisions to what's important to me. And as a leader, what's important to me is my service to others. So the impact that I'm looking for um, would go to what I would consider one of the most critical pieces of leadership, and that's that trust piece. So the impact starts with trust. So, And that's that skill or result is trust of the people you are leading or, or the followers that you're following. So if you have trust, we're going to kind of do a little line here. Tr- with trust, that leads to what I talk about with understanding. So when I have trust with people or trust in a process, then I can better understand what those who those people are, who I am, and what the processes, processes are. Once I have understanding, um, then I have better clarity of what, the goals and expectations are because now I, I'm trusting it. I get to an understanding. I get to a piece of, of clear or clarity around goals and expectations. And so when I talk to, when I coach people, I say, when, when you get to there, you, you start to take away the gray zone that many, of our, that many of our employees have, where they're walking around and they're spending time of their day in their head wondering, if they are doing the right thing, wondering if they're hitting the goals that they, you know, wondering that if, if I'm their leader, wondering if I am happy with them, if I'm not happy with them and what that is. So when you take away that gray and you become clear, the impact, we're finally getting there. The impact then is time because usually when I, when my first, on a, usually with my first coaching session. What I hear the most from from leaders is, I don't have enough time. I wish I had more time. If I only had more time than I could, if, if so-and-so would, wouldn't do this and I had more time than I would have this. So again, so what we're getting to is, this is the big impact, is time. Time for you because you've created that trust through intentional leadership, which then fosters more of an understanding which then it becomes more clear of why we're here, what we're doing, what's expected of us. That takes away that gray. And so now as a leader, a lot of times, as I coach people through, now that frees up that time because everybody's clear about what needs to be done. And now we have time. And now time equals, for me as a leader now, all of a sudden, I can look at my priority list. I can get to something else. I have time to do this. I have time to do that. And so the impact actually becomes all of the measurements, all the metrics we want to get to, all of those things that that we like to blame it on, right? Like, boy, we could have hit, hit that sales quota, but I just didn't have enough time because I was dealing with all of these other things going on in my life. And so a lot of that, the impact that I'm talking about is around is around getting time, which then creates that ability to look at your to-do list, right? And go after those things that will get you, that will grow your company, that will grow your business, that will grow your career, whatever it is that you want to expand in your life.
2: You mentioned a key word that I want to call out, uh, measurement. And and I'm hoping that you can elaborate a little bit more on this, but we're, when we're talking about that intentional leadership and the impact that you want to have as a leader... Do you have any advice on how um, a leader can measure the the impact that they have and also that reflection on was the impact what I truly intended to have happen or did I miss the mark?
1: Sometimes you don't always hit the mark, right? Uh, (laughs) It's not always what you intended, but I think, you know, the measurement itself is, is rooted in, I'm just a smart goal guy, you know, put it, I, I put it on the board with everything I do, you know, S M A R T down the line. And I try to define it, um, you know, specific measurable, achievable results, time-based. Um, and even when you're dealing with people issues, you could throw a smart goal on that. And I would challenge, I challenge my leaders that I'm coaching, like, just put it down there. You know, if, it, if you don't fill everything out, at least it gets your mind thinking about how am I going to measure this? What is the specific goal? And, and when is it going to be done? And, wh- and how am I going to know whether I'm doing this right or doing it wrong? Um, whether I'm having that positive impact or having the, the negative impact. So that, you know, from a measurement standpoint, I really work a lot with clients you know, because a lot of times we've, we've hit those smart things. It's always got to be like the sales goal or the production goal or the RVU goal or whatever it is, which it can be. But it can also be value-based goals and culture-based goals. And you can, and you can make smart goals. So that's a good way to measure it, in my opinion. Um, now, does it always work? No, it doesn't always work. Although I would argue and say when it doesn't work, it's actually working really well. It's just giving you feedback about what's working and what's not working, right? Um, but in our in our world of measuring things and what we want, and then it doesn't work out. Uh, yes, there are many. I have many examples in my life where my intent was something, and the impact was something else, and I had to sit back and go. Wow, that didn't work very well, or that's not how I wanted it to be. And I will say that most of the time, uh, let me see three things that I think kind of drive that. One is time. You know we talked about the trust and we talked about understanding and clarity. And a lot of us leaders, if we come into a new position, let's say, like a new senior position, you're changing and you're and you and you've got more leadership, um, responsibility, is that trust isn't something that, that happens overnight with your staff. Trust is something that you have to work on and you have to, and it's got to an ebb and flow, right? And, and you have to believe that stuff's going to happen. You have to believe that your intent will sooner or later beget the trust of the people that, it, that you're leading. So there's, there's a time factor. Um, there's also that ego factor, right? And I have a great example. I mean, I was running a practice... A few years ago um, and I and it was a medical practice, and so we needed to put an EMR in like everybody else was doing and I had some experience in, in a different software and so I brought that software to the to the table for the physicians and I mean I can jump ahead, but quite honestly it wasn't the best software it wasn't it wasn't the best choice for that practice, but I knew it. And and I was kind of like a rock star with that software. And I knew that if I put it in, I already had, I had all these things and I would, you know, I would do really well and we would have the magazine covers and, you know, so in essence, I was coming at it way too much from what I wanted for it. So you talk about intentional, like we did at the beginning. So my intent was bleeding over into what's good for me and what's better for me versus what's good for the practice or the people in the practice or the staff and all of that type of stuff. So the impact is we, you know, we probably put in, you know, it's not like the system we put in didn't work. It was fine. But as I look back on that situation, I go, you know, it would have been better to put that other software. in. I think that would have, it would have worked better with the hospital that we were connected with. It would have, it had a little, the features were a little bit better for the nurses, you know, all of those types of things and so that's this one example where like my intent was was it was there. I, I wanted it to work out. I didn't it wasn't like a bad intent. I wasn't malicious about it. But when you let that ego kind of start to bleed into to your decision making, especially when you're an influencer, you can see how that can, you know, kind of muddy the waters, if you will. So and the only other thing with that that really affects. Impact is, and I, and I think it's worth talking about because it seems to be more, and maybe it's just my clients, um, but is that is the is the personality type of narcissism and narcissistic behavior? and so you you really have to watch out because narcissism itself is that behavior where people manipulate each other for their own good and not and don't and aren't thinking about the greater good. Um, and so I, I do a lot of coaching with leaders who are dealing with either narcissistic bosses, narcissistic staff, narcissistic uh, vendors, whatever they would be. And that is, and there's, there's lessons to learn there. um, That can be really tough because it, because it can affect that, that trust relationship because it's, it it really can never get to the point where I would say you want it to get to, to be ultimately successful. So, you know, so if, you're in a leadership position, I would say you want to look up that word and, and do a little research on that and just kind of know about that and be aware of what's going on with that and, and see if it's in your organization or not.
0: On behalf of Coffee with the College, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to our premier sponsors, Epstein UN Architects, HGA, Hush Blackwell. And thank you as well to our preferred sponsors, CG Schmidt. Findorf, Paul Render, Nutanix, Plunkett Research Architects, and Quarles and Brady. So Tim, with the story you just told about the things that can kind of uh cloud intent, right? Um mm-hmm. I, I'm curious because it, it it felt like we were really on a track where it's like, well, come to the table with positive intention and there'll be rainbows and unicorns and everything will be okay. But what you just said really made intention a little more complicated, right? So how do you how do you um how do you tease out where the intention may not be Focused on the customer and focused on the business and maybe have some ulterior motives to it. Is yeah. there a way to tease that out?
1: There are, yeah. I, you know, thinking about it a little bit, I think it the root, the root is in clarity. And and so I have found in my practice that leaders who you know and and it's all going to it's all going to circle back. I mean this is just one really big circle that we just keep running around um just kind of a loop. But the clarity, you know, with trust and with intent and with understanding and all of those things that you can have if you can implement that clarity goes back to smart goals too. That's why I, that's why I just hammer smart goals or or pick whatever you want, but something that's specific and measurable and time-based is that in itself can very many times um, exemplify that narcissistic behavior, right? And you can get to it and then you can measure it and you can see then that because folks that manipulate are good at it in the moment. On a long-term basis, if you're measuring it, you usually can see it if you're measuring it correctly. So that's one thing. Yeah.
0: What I'm picturing as you're saying that, um, is almost a way to to get that clarity of intention across a group of people is that the SMART goals kind of takes it out of your heart (laughs) and whatever good or bad there might be in terms of intention and putting it on a flip chart with SMART goals or whatever tool you want to use puts it out there into the universe in a way that Forces a discussion that will get you further down the road of seeing if there's alignment. That's what I'm reading into what you just said.
1: You're right, and and I don't want to make it feel like it gets non-personal because that's not the key. But when you have that trust, then these things are non-personal because with the trust and good leadership, and we didn't talk about it, and we won't today. But you know, there's the vision and the mission and all of the and the values that you're going for too, which are so important. To have. So when everyone's buying into that, then the SMART goals make sense. Um, you know, I mean, the other piece to this is, you know, Madeline, when you talked about, you know, when it doesn't work and how do you kind of figure that? I mean, it really roots in knowing who you are as a person, as a leader. And so I the first things we always do is do some sort of personality type assessment, like. This is Tim, you know. Tim's an extrovert. That's what this means. Tim's a feeling person versus a thinker, and all those things, you know. So, you know, I'm I'm certified in Myers Briggs and DISC, and so I do all of those things, and I, and I tell everyone, do them all, and learn about yourself first, because that's that self awareness piece. And there's no growth without self awareness. The first thing is to know who you are, and where you're strong, and where you're not strong and what you do when you're stressed out, and how that changes, and and all of those things, and what are those stimulus that hit you, and and what are your reactions, and when you react a certain way, that, that might mean this, that might mean that. It's emotional intelligence, which, if you know the third part, I think it's the third step, might be the second, and emotional intelligence is knowing others, and that was the other piece of this, so you know who you are first, and then you start to understand the other person you know as a leader i would always i would always recommend that they do some sort of personality assessment with their staff with their organization whatever they want to do so that they can learn about themselves and then everybody can learn about each other and when you do that those connections or the disconnections between intent and impact tend to lessen um like i know in my in my experience um Again, when I was running, running a practice, it was right around the time when, you know, we were like putting one of those HSAs in, in all the benefits stuff that we were doing. And I was just so excited about it. Cause I was like, everyone's going to love this. The cost is less, the, you know, the coverage is better. And, and, and I even came up with something where, you know, our, I had our company and I had all the docs agreeing that we were going to push HSA money of our own into their accounts. And it was great. And it backfired on me because in my excitement about how people were going to feel about it, I didn't do enough work with my accountant and the financial people to really understand what type of financial hit or position that put the company in. And so as I, you know, as we implemented this, implemented this decision, and I was all excited. And people were happy, right? Because they were all saving money. But the corporation was actually losing money. And so I, I actually had to foot myself and take a hit and be like, I'm sorry, everybody. I have to kind of actually bring back what I said and where you have to change this policy and change this benefit and change the amount of money it was costing everyone. It was it was not a great decision on mine. I knew who I was, but I wasn't paying attention to who I was. I knew I wasn't a numbers guy. I knew I was more of a feeler than a thinker. And so, you know, the learning around that is Know yourself, know others, and then go seek out those other people that are going to help you with your gaps. And I do a lot of that with coaching, and that's why we do those personality assessments. Is because I want people to understand, especially if they're a leader. Like these are the you want to be very cognizant of where you might be weak. Um, and so, if you are leading a team or leading a process or leading a project, um, and you're not a detail person, please make sure. That you are either have a detailed person on your on your team or go have coffee with a detailed person like once a week and just kind of go over it with him or her, you know, a mentor of sorts. Those types of things. The learning is really is don't be afraid to get someone else involved. You know, surround yourself with people who understand your purpose and your mission and understand you.
0: So, Tim, what you just said. Um, is probably a good segue to another theme that um we had touched on with you when we were learning what are some of the themes in your coaching practice. And you mentioned um that vulnerability, having the ability to accept and give feedback uh is a theme and probably is a challenge sometimes. So, what what can you tell Madeline and I and our listeners about vulnerability and leadership?
1: Yeah. Um Vulnerability is is very interesting. It means opening yourself up to possibly something that you don't want to hear, or you did, or you weren't expecting, right? But I would also say it also opens yourself up to something you weren't expecting that's positive. A lot of us, when we say we're going to be vulnerable, it means we're taking a risk and we're afraid of something. Which I, I coach a lot of not doing that. But vulnerability is really that's that's where that feedback piece comes in. Um, and all it, you know, you'd start off by saying, there's nothing in this world that that gets better without feedback. And I would say, you know, even this morning when you went in your car and you either pushed the button or or turned your keys, you got feedback. If your car started, you know, you're like, good, that was just one more thing, and now day's gonna go well. Now, if your car didn't start, now that was feedback that you got that, you know, you had, you might have to pivot a little bit during your day, or at least at this part of your day, because your car is not starting. So feedback itself has always been the way that we get better, um, and the way that we change things, and the way that we even status quo things. It's all about feedback, and so, and from a coaching perspective, I've found that we've done, especially with leaders, we've done a pretty good job of training folks how to give feedback so I like to focus on receiving feedback, which is and there's ways you know it's not we've all done we've all done it via memo where we change a policy or something and we just send it out you know to to all staff from the CEO. here's what we're doing, and we think that's a great way you know and and at the end of it we say, hey, if you have any questions, please you know get some time on my calendar you know or we're in front of a team meeting and and we say something, change, manage, change something, and then we say, does anybody have any questions? And nobody raises their hand. So we say, great, everyone understood what I was talking about. Um, but the truth is, that's not really how it works. The people just don't work that way. And so there are tools that we can use um, so that we can open ourselves up to feedback. And those are really important. It's about our employees being valued and being heard. And that's, that's the key when I talk about getting feedback is, is I'm talking about valuing and hearing what your people are talking about. So in a coaching thing, I'm, I'm talking about how are you opening yourself up and how are you reacting to, you know, because that's the, so, so the second piece of feedback is not just getting the feedback, um, but it's what are you doing? So it's, so it's not only getting the feedback, but it's the actions that you take based on your feedback. Cause again, if we go back to, if my car doesn't start and I just sit in the car that didn't start, I'm not going to go forward. Right. Now, if my car doesn't start and I look to my left and my neighbor is getting in his car and I, and he's going to the same spot and I say, Hey, can you help me out? And he says, yes. Then I get in his car and and I go to work or go wherever I want to go so I took an action again so I so a lot of this is is what are you going to do based on the feedback that you get what is the action and so now we're going to flip it all the way back to where we started where do I have trust and understanding and clear goals and if I do then my actions right if I'm intentional are for the better good of all the people I'm serving as a leader so so we, so I bring that all the way through in my coaching and in my teaching to take the feedback and then create the actions, which might be smart goals. Actually, a lot of times they are, but that, but then we say, do they, are they the, are the, are they with the right intent? You know, and that's where, that's why smart goals work too, right? Because you can look at a smart goal and you can say, is that the intent of service or is that the intent of my ego? And you can kind of, it's a good place to catch yourself right there and say, whoa, okay, you know what, I'm, that's a little bit more about me than about my people. So maybe this isn't a great SMART goal. You know, maybe I'm not, maybe these aren't the right actions. So that's kind of where, where feedback comes in. I mean, there's so many things with feedback and communication that we could go on for hours.
2: As we were talking through all of this, it was almost as if um, my little like mental filing cabinet. I scrolled back through the archives and recalled a book that I read a few years back by the Arbinger Institute on the outward mindset and then leadership and self-deception. Um, and I actually had the pocket card, so I went and I I snagged it off my wall. I keep it with nice. me, you know, all the time. But it on here it says: see others, adjust efforts, and measure impact. So there's your. You know, your yardstick that i um, am I removing ego from my actions and having that service mentality and and considering how you know I'm uh, whatever my decisions and my behaviors and my actions are impacting those around me uh, in a positive manner. So
1: that's I love that you say that I actually teach the outward mindset in my strategic leadership class at the college. so um I've read that book about six or seven times over the last year, honestly, it's it's wonderful. It's. <laughs> fantastic it is it was it was one of those books the first time i read it that i put it down and i and i reflected and i said oh my gosh this is so different than everything that i've done for the last 25 years in my management and leadership career that i had to first get get through myself going did i do everything wrong for the last 20 years to all these people that i led you know and then i had to be okay with myself Cause that's one of the things we have to work on. Right. And then I went, and then I was able to go, this is good stuff. This is, this is, this is kind of future oriented leadership. So for everyone out there, go read the outward mindset.
0: <laughs> <laughs> In a few words, what makes you hopeful about the future of leadership given what we've been through lately?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, And I am hopeful. I'm very hopeful about leadership going forward. I think if nothing, the pandemic um, taught us a little bit about, taught us a lot more about self-awareness. And I think we were all at home. We had to stick around with our families a lot more than we were used to. Uh, We had to figure out how to connect with our coworkers in different ways. And I think so it, it pushed kind of that self awareness of who I am, what makes me tick, what doesn't make me tick. Maybe it's what what is my real purpose in life. Um, so I think that that is coming to the to the top of the water, if you will. That in conjunction with everything is is causing us leaders now to lead with better understanding, maybe with a little bit more patience, maybe with a little bit more purpose. So. I see leadership hopeful in that we're needing to be more clear with people of why we're here and what the expectations are because our employees, you know, the pandemic didn't it it didn't spare anybody, right? And so what that did is is it made us all very clear about what we want and what we and what we don't want. So as leaders, we got to tap into that. And so I'm very hopeful that we that we kind of got a little kickstart, like, Purpose, clarity, understanding, trust, all that emotional intelligence is really, really important. You know, not that numbers aren't important. They're always going to be important. But I think there's an emphasis now on what does that mean in the workplace? And so I I, I like the leadership. You know, I, I talked about that gray area where people walk around wondering, and how much time do people walk around wondering if they're doing the right thing when they could be spending time? doing the right thing if they knew what that was. And so I'm very hopeful that this pandemic kind of, you know, put a crowbar and just kind of turned us around and said, leadership is about providing vision. It's about providing clarity um, to people, to our people and leading. And it's also about providing empathy and compassion around that as well. I'm very hopeful for what's going on. I think it's going to be great going forward.
0: We need that hopeful note right now, Tim. So thank you. All right. So, Tim, on behalf of Madeline and I and our listeners, we do want to thank you for um, sharing um, the themes from your coaching practice today. I'm going to do a little bit of wrap-up. I'm hoping that individual listeners, wherever you are in your career space, Spectrum Feel like Tim gave you a sneak peek into a coaching session today a bit, which I think is an awesome gift um, to us as listeners, because unfortunately, I think sometimes um, there's a feeling that uh, if you need a coach, there must be something amiss versus if you seek coaching, it's because you wake up every day wanting to be a better you and a better um person of service to the people around you. So hoping that this sneak peek into a coaching session achieved that objective, number one. Uh, Number two, um, love the reminder, Tim, to bring the right intention to the table and appreciated all of the turning of the prism we did on, on how we look at intention and how a SMART goal approach can even help in terms of clarifying or testing intentions. So that was a a great connecting of the dots to something that I think is a very practical way for us to think about intentional leadership. And then finally, um, we talked through some of Tim's own personal examples about ways in which intentional leadership can even backfire and how we have to be aware of where we might be weak as a leader And that that awareness is in itself a strength and it's one we shouldn't run from. So appreciate all of your time today and um, look forward to seeing you at our next Coffee with the College.